0: Uh, but now we're at a time where he's got kids and he's like, oh, they're choosing this as their, their work, as their job, as their career. It, at some point, it does have to become a business, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want your children to live their best life. And in order to do that, one of those things is to convert it from just loving to teach to making it a systemized uh, business that that works and that can grow.
1: Hey, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today's guest is Master Amy Kim from USK Martial Arts, and she's going to be talking a lot about the process around the, the education component or the really the fundamentals behind what they do as an organization and how they're impacting families and lives on a regular basis. She comes with a long list of accreditation as well as her entire family, and we'll talk about that in just a little while and some of their their story of how they came to uh, to bring this unique offering and this unique environment to Charlotte, North Carolina. We're going to be talking a lot about that in just a few moments. But before we do, we do want to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. We do a brand new episode every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., and we want you to not miss a single one of them. So in order to do that, you've got to subscribe. You can do that on YouTube or Facebook. You can just search for LockDoc Security, and you'll find it there. Or if you're listening on a podcast platform, just the audio version of this, then you can check that out as well. So we have this in audio and video form. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening on a regular basis. And thank you for joining us today. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for this conversation. We
0: got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break.
1: Time for a coffee break oh, oh, yeah. welcome Amy master Amy I guess I should refer to you. Yes, that way. All right. Master Amy Kim, thank you for, for being here today. We're going to talk about a lot of intriguing things. We've just been chatting here for a while, and so I know the conversation is going to be very uh, exciting. But before we do that, it's rapid fire. Five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with unknown point values. Are you ready?
0: I'm ready.
1: All right. Question number one. These are all random, by the way. I, okay. I, I have zero <laughs> understanding what or knowledge of what I'm getting ready to ask you. But this first question, if you had to pick one single word to describe this year so far, Twenty twenty two so far. What would it be
0: this year? Oh my gosh, that's tough. Um, one word, I would say perseverance.
1: Perseverance. Yeah. Why so?
0: I would say perseverance because the aftermath of COVID. I think this year was a first year that we kind of came out of it mm-hmm. and were able to show growth and change the way that we do things in order to to persevere and to make it through the end of the year. And we're sitting at holiday season now. So I think I would say perseverance in a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: All right. Question number two, do you believe that money can make you happy?
0: I think money, I don't think money can make you happy long-term. I think it's a short-term fix. Mm. I think money can make you happy for a little while, but we're human. Mm -hmm. And I think we, we crave connection. We crave, um, wanting to belong and Mm -hmm. I think that money can only get so far. So I would say yeah, money can make you happy for a little while, but probably not a long time.
1: Gotcha. Question number three. What is a restaurant that you refuse to eat at and why?
0: A restaurant that I refuse to eat (laughs) at? Oh my God. Um like a like a chain? I don't wanna
1: there's not a whole lot of parameters around these questions.
0: Um you know actually I I probably it would maybe depend on like what i'm going to go eat but we actually recently saw a commercial of ihop okay yeah <laughs> um they were their commercial like you think ihop and pancakes mm-hmm. and breakfast right but the commercial i literally saw last night it was salmon oh uh, yeah I, and i i probably wouldn't go there for that
1: no i would i would yeah, wholeheartedly I, agree that that would be a bad choice yeah
0: i i mean i think that salmon probably isn't my go-to if I was going to IHOP, but...
1: I recently ate at an oyster house. Okay. And the meal that was provided was mashed potatoes, green beans, and fried chicken. Really? So, similarly... At an oyster house? Yeah, similarly, uh, would not go to IHOP for salmon. Typically, would not go to an oyster house for chicken. I also have chicken. this
0: weird thing with seafood. Um, if it's, like, more than three hours from a beach or, like, some sort of water source, I don't really... Yeah. Um, feel
1: pulled to go even if it's not actually coming from that water source
0: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I want to believe that it's coming from that source but I I kind of have this weird thing yeah. with seafood
1: yeah fresh fresh caught it was def- oh you definitely know what come from that water
0: I actually there is somewhere I will okay. never go all
1: right here we go it's Burger King all right
0: I got food poisoning there when I was nine years old. I was at a competition for mm. martial arts, and I it was this French toast yep. stick or yep. something, and I was scarfing it down before the competition in the morning, and I got sick. I couldn't compete, but we went with a whole group of um, of my peers, yep. so I couldn't even leave and go home. I was like curled up in fetal position in my mom's suburban for oh, like wow. nine hours in the heat. Like I was. I was puking. I, I was sad. I missed the tournament. Yeah. I worked so hard for it. You know, I was like, I, I really, I, I can't do Just Burger King. Thing. And so even now, like, I mean, that was when I was nine years old. Yeah. So now I'm still, like, I'll see a Burger King sign. And I'm like, no,
1: nope. absolutely not. I remember years ago, and we could probably go on and on about restaurants, but I remember years ago, this was actually when my wife and I were dating. We pulled up to a quick service restaurant, and there was a, a mouse sitting on top of the speaker no. <laughs> to take to take the order and we were like yeah I mean it's outside but also this is just not probably oh, a really no. good sign we're just gonna not go there anymore
0: god no I I don't know what I would have done <laughs>
1: all right question number four I think this is for question number four what is an interesting fact that you recently learned
0: a recent fact that I learned mm-hmm. um I did not know – one of my students told me yesterday um, Uranus has um, rings, but they're invisible for the human eye. Interesting. You'd have to fact check that. I got that from a nine-year-old. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> he was learning about space.
1: He seemed very confident. He, he was
0: very saying. confident, and he waited 45 minutes for after class to end to tell me. Oh. So I would like to believe that, that he paid something. attention – Enough to remember
1: it. Okay. Uh, question number five. Last one. Is there a place that you have zero desire to visit? And if so, why?
0: Zero desire to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I love traveling. Mm-hmm. I love going to places and, and seeing, you know, what their culture and stuff have to offer. But I don't, I don't know. Um, oh, maybe maybe like north and south dakota i just feel like there's probably nothing there
1: yeah no so, not a lot of people yeah
0: sure. i think that whole like strip in the middle of the states i really don't care for like <laughs> kansas oklahoma like sorry guys i don't i don't know I n- i've actually never been to those <laughs> states strip
1: in the middle of the states. Just, just that whole skip over that
0: yeah i've actually been all the way over to like alabama and like tennessee like -hmm. This way, Um, and I've been to like Vegas and Seattle and California, and like I've been to those big states, but that strip down the middle,
1: just there's not a lot for the middle of the country. No, not not really.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. No, no interest there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I have watched some videos recently with people that have taken tours up to I guess Antarctica and like the really cold. Okay. Area, that just does not seem appealing. To I me. would
0: do that over going to those states to the down the state. middle.
1: <laughs> Seemed really cold. I just didn't. It didn't seem appealing. All right, cool. Congratulations. You made it through rapid fire. We'll give you a score of 713.
0: 713. Okay. Mm-hmm. So why, why did I not get 800?
1: I don't know. You should have tried harder. <laughs>
0: Uh, That is going to bother me all day. Oh,
1: we'll try. We'll try harder next time. Next time. (laughs) So let's let's jump into the conversation. One of the reasons that I uh, I wanted to bring you on the podcast was uh, my son. I've got a. He actually will turn six tomorrow. Whenever this airs, but uh, when we're recording this, he'll turn six in two days. Um, And he has been uh, part of your tiger. Tiny Tiny Tiger. tiger. Tiny Tiger program. I should probably know that better. But anyways, uh, and we attended a belt ceremony a couple of months ago um, and where they were all a lot of kids in this Tiny Tiger program were going through this process. And I witnessed something that was very, very interesting. And it caught my attention so much uh, as, as my wife and I were chatting. But I said, I would like to understand more about this as a whole. But uh, all of the kids had to go through different <clears throat> processes, uh, uh, techniques, and yeah, perform. Right? right, and one of them was to break a board with. They had to hit a board with their hand right. and break it. And one of the kids could not break the board with his hand. And as the 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 whole class was kind of going through, and it ended with this one kid. I don't know. He might've been five years old, something like that. And he was the only one that had not been able to break the Mm -hmm. board. And the whole room, there had to been 40, 50 people. There
0: were were a lot of people. Yeah.
1: The whole room just kind of got dead quiet. And everybody's sitting, staring at this little five-year-old that's trying his hardest to break a board. And the, that, that part of it was just like kind of Eerie to begin it with. changed the tone real oh, yeah. quick, right? <laughs> was, I was like, okay, what's going to happen here? It's this why we have
0: everybody break the boards like simultaneously, so that we can keep the motion going. Yeah. But um, I totally just hit the mic. No, um, but yeah, when sometimes that happens, right? Yeah. Like everybody does a great job, and then. This one kid, he's actually been struggling for the last, like, two, three minutes, yep. but now everybody's done. Yep, everybody's and done. And now it's just this one kid, and it, the tone, it, it happens every time. Any time that happens, yep. the whole room... It just kind of gets heavy mm-hmm. and quiet, yeah. and it's not like that. Yeah, you got it. Like it's not that like clap and yep. you know celebratory tone anymore. And it we don't make it that way, but yeah. it just it just changes. It pivots.
1: Well, every everybody kind of just st- stood there or was in kind of the shock of okay, what is going to happen? Well, uh, I guess I'm from a narrative standpoint. My mind was going. What's going to happen next? You know, how is this going to be resolved? Right. right. This kid starts tears coming down his eyes. There's 50 people staring at him. He's five years old and he can't break this board. And I'm like, okay, how is this going to resolve? And the intriguing part about this, the thing that really stood out to me was. You addressed the issue, all right? And this is one of the things, like, when you look at in life in general and in business in general, people, a lot of times when hard things happen, people just want to sneak out of the room, walk away, disappear, disappear, not address the difficult thing. And you uh, were right there in front of them and you said, hey, we're going to do this together. And you didn't. Lower your voice. You did. You you talked to him as he was a human being and a natural state, and said, "We're going to get through this," and you encouraged him through the process and navigated it while everybody was observing. And to me, that just showed like a high level of, I guess, leadership, a high level of discipline that said. This is, this is something that people need to understand and people need to learn because it is so. it would have been so easy to just say, okay, well, we'll try it later and walk away from it and just keep on trucking because everybody else sure. was there. But the fact that you stopped, addressed, worked through it mm. and got the end result was a commitment to the process that I think is something that is abnormal in life right now. That was a long story and a right. statement asked the question, why was that important? Uh,
0: why was that important to me or to that kid? Yeah. I think, you know, it's kind of a multi-layered layered question. Um, when we do belt graduations, are obviously, we have this belief that um, as instructors, mm-hmm. we know what we're teaching And we've taken the time over this quarter Mm. to get to know this particular student. And we've worked with them at least two, three times a week and um, helped to hone in on those skills and improve those skills enough to place him in front of his loved ones Mm. and demonstrate and earn his next belt. Mm. Um, However, sometimes outside of what we practice Mm. as in life, we hit bumps and this is one of those situations and it, it, it's as much of a bump for him as it is for me too. Mm. And we have to kind of think of in the moment, okay, what do I, what do I do? And, um, earlier on, I think now it's happened a number of times that I've learned skills, um, on how to kind of move through these, these scenarios, um, the best that we can, Mm -hmm. um, not that it it works all the time, but we just, we do the best that we can given the circumstances. And I think this particular moment, Um, this boy was all about it too, Mm -hmm. right? Like he I don't know if you got to see him before that, but he really did so well that whole morning, Mm -hmm. and he toughed it all out, and he was screaming loud and showing good spirit, and he was really into it, and then it was that board breaking. He was all about it, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and then the first time he hit it, it was not hard enough, Mm -hmm. and then the second time he tried again, The third time he tried again, and it started to hurt. Mm -hmm. It's like a half-inch thick, you know, board, um, piece of wood. So now the mental thing is kicking in for him. Again, five Mm -hmm. years old, and he's getting all into his head. Mm -hmm. I can't do this.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I could see his eyes change. I could see his eyes water. Mm -hmm. And he's starting to realize it's getting quiet. I think everybody's looking at me. I'm getting embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Do I even want this belt anymore? (laughs) I thought I liked this, can but, I, I you know, should home? I, yeah, can I just, can I just go home? You know, I'm, I'm good with my white belt. I got all these stripes. I'm good. You know, um, and it, he's starting to realize like, okay, I, I either do this or I cry or, you know, what, what do I do? Everybody's staring at me. No. And even though he's five, he's processing all these feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that for us as adults have a hard time Um, kind of making the connection. We were all once five, Mm -hmm. but now not being five, when we see a five year old, we don't really know what they're going through. We don't don't seem to remember when we were five. Oh yeah, I was like that too. In the moment, at least we're not like that, right? When we see that five year old, we expect much more out of him and we forget he's only five. He doesn't even have the, he doesn't even have enough words in his vocabulary yet to describe what he's going through right now. Yeah. So they cry. Yep. Just like a baby.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They don't know how to talk. They cry. Either they're hungry, they need a diaper change, they're sleepy, they're hurting, they're you know something is wrong. Sure. It's the same thing for our five-year-olds. Is how we see it is. There's still so much developing in every outlet of their life that when something like that is placed in front of them and they fe- they do feel pressure, they mm-hmm. do feel their environment around them change and they start to get tense. And he was starting to feel kind of out of his element and he wanted out of it as quick as he could, mm-hmm. but didn't know how, yeah. so he started crying. So when I went up to him, I think I remember saying to him, like, you can choose.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't have to do this,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but we if you choose to do this, we can do it together. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, is, for, for me, I wanted him to be the one that decided what happens next. Mm-hmm. If you feel like someone else is choosing for you, you feel like you're forced into something, whether or not you're ready isn't the the main um thought process there, right? You're you're stripping that away and you're saying, I'm making you do this. And long term, m- maybe short term, he'll break it. Mm-hmm. He might break it out of fear. We don't know, right? But long term, he might want to quit because it wasn't up to him. So in that was the first step, it was addressing that, hey, nobody's gonna make you do it mm-hmm. if you don't want to do it. You need to think about whether you want to do this or whether you want to stop. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's okay. We'll figure it out. But he kind of looked at me. He wanted to try again. Now he's getting kind of anxious. Mm-hmm. So then he went. I I showed him how to do it, mm-hmm. and I pointed out, like, what part to use, and we we ran over it. He hit my hand pretty hard when I was letting him try. And then it came to the board again, and he, instead of hitting with that hand, I think he just got He got anxious and he actually used the other hand, if you guys, if you remember. And he actually smacked the board that time. And now both his hands hurt. Poor thing. Mm. And um, I think I remember I grabbed his hand. I think we broke the board together eventually. Um, And once he was done, he looked at his hand. He was like, oh, man, that that hurt. But he, he realized the board is broke Mm -hmm. and now everybody in that whole room is cheering for him like he just got the gold medal you know and he was representing his country and he was just feeling like on cloud nine and he was so proud to get that belt Mm -hmm. and we were really proud that he persevered through that hard time in order to be able to break through this threshold and I feel like that exel- that in itself was probably the biggest lesson that he could have taken away from that day of the test.
1: Well, it, you know, in all in all honesty though, it was a big lesson for anybody that was in the room if they were if they were paying attention could have taken away from it because right. it's in that one sense and I you know I'm trying not to make a, make a bigger deal about it than than it is but it was a it was very impactful I know it was impactful for uh for us and our family and for our son as well but it's that perseverance and I think you know you said it very well it's your choice if you choose to do this we'll do it together and that is a life lesson I think that is applicable not just to five-year-olds sure. in a belt ceremony. That's applicable across the board is life is hard at times, and things don't always go as planned. Right. And oftentimes there's a lot of people staring at you because you,
2: you're struggling.
1: <laughs> and and having somebody to come up beside you and say, hey, it's your choice if you want to do this, then we'll do it together, and we'll get through it. If And if you choose not, then I will that's okay as well but here's here's where the kind of the the decision has to happen so when it comes down to that from a day in day out perspective because you have a a you have a school where you're teaching kids and you're teaching adults and you're you're trying to develop this level of discipline what are some of those challenges that you have seen not just in in kids but all the way through the spectrum of the students that you have come through your doors?
0: I think the thing that's hard when a student of regardless of whatever age comes into our school and they start training, I think at first everybody thinks it's about being physically fit.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Sometimes we actually have people, they want to try it, especially adults. You wouldn't believe the things that we hear. But one of the things that we hear is, oh, I got to get in shape before I do martial arts. Sure. And for us, we think that's so silly because this is going to help you to get that. You don't have to be fit before you come here. This is where you learn to do that. When you learn to do that, that whole process of becoming more fit in whatever way that individual feels like more fit looks like to them. Mm Um, They are going through these experiences that are helping them to get there. Mm -hmm. And the bigger picture with martial arts is the philosophy. And it's the life lessons that we are able to gain and take away from each class that we come to, Mm -hmm. whether it's learning how to do a punch, learning how to defend themselves against somebody that's coming to harm them, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's. Getting better grades at school for kids, mm-hmm. um, having a healthier relationship at home with their loved one or their their their, siblings, their kids. Um, martial arts is, in a weird way, it taps into all of these different aspects in life because the structure that martial arts provides. Um, it, it's coming in, and there's an expectation that you follow these certain code of ethics. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a line of expectation where you have to follow someone's lead. Um, That instructor has the ability to pull your energy Mm -hmm. and to come and kind of get deeper into you and kind of become a ghost inside of you and move your body Mm -hmm. and helps you to recognize and kind of reawaken. You've always had things like this in you, but the martial arts teachings and the philosophy helps to awaken those pieces. It mm-hmm. helps you realize, oh, I am strong. I am capable. Um, and those are things that in more nowadays in today's society, I think that we really need is a place where we can go, feel like we can grow mm-hmm. without judgment. A place where we can go and feel like these people are really cheering me on. Not just To get my next belt. But they're celebrating life with me and all these achievements. And, you know, we have students that have surgery. They have to take a break for four, five, six months. And instead of quitting, you know, we're calling them, we're checking on them. They're coming to the school six months later. They're still back again in uniform. They might have to redo some things in the process. But teaching people not to quit, I think, is so hard. Um, But that lesson is what we think people can really take away into other places in their life. Um, you know, when things get hard nowadays, we just want out. Um, you know, things get hard and we just want to either give it to somebody else to do or we want to run away or we want to put it under the rug as deep as we can and maybe not have to visit that ever again. Um Doing hard things is a part of life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And in martial arts, doing hard things could be the sparring. It's like the the fighting piece of it, right? Sure. Um, it, doing hard things could be the board breaking. Um, it could be speaking up when you're a black belt and you have to do your black belt speech and you have to talk about your experience for the last four or five years that you've had in front of people. Um, I think uh, addressing those fears that we have is really important. I think that's a skill that we can learn to improve. And I think that when people come to our school, those are some of those things that they gain if they stay long enough, right? If they don't quit. Um, But even for us, sometimes things will get hard and, you know, the kid will get a bruise here or there and they want want to quit. Um, It is a contact martial arts. It's a contact activity. Um, It's kind of odd that you – the injuries that you get related to martial arts is not as common as rela- as injuries that you get with, like, football, soccer, and things like that. But the media has portrayed martial arts as fighting. And so it just comes off acc- really aggressive. Yeah. And that doesn't help when we're trying to fight the battle of persevere and endure and grow and, you know, push through and you can do it. And that's all really great words. But it's really hard when you've got a kick coming to the side of your face. You know, <laughs> it's, it's very hard when you go home after class and you've got bruises or cuts or, um, you know, you you broke the board after like four or five tries and you've got a welt like on your wrist, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things are hurdles that we have to overcome. And if we relate that to real life, you don't just quit at life. Mm -hmm. You find you, you adapt, you find different ways to be able to achieve that goal that you had. You don't just put it away. Right? And if it means something to you, you will find a way to make it work. Um, and that's the same for us, too. Our students that are at our school, regardless of age, they're coming to us in different phases of their life. And they're coming in different um, situations and conditions. Mm-hmm. And if we just said, hey, you're not the ideal fit of a student, you got to go somewhere else, <laughs> we're not really servicing them, right? Sure. We're not teaching them how they can be better because we're already saying, you're not good enough or you're not the right fit. And so that's something I think as martial arts um, provide, that martial arts provides is different too. Um, You can come in any shape and size, but martial arts is something that everybody can do. Yeah. Managing your facility, properties, and projects is hard enough. Trying to find an emailed quote in your overflowing inbox is just one more annoyance, especially if there are multiple versions. We're working hard to make your life easier by providing all the information you need in one place. Now you can request service at a date and time that works for you. And we're making it easier to see quotes and materials needed for specific openings, including photos, so that you can approve everything from the convenience of your phone or computer. Log in to start using it now. Visit customer.lockdoc.net.
1: I want to jump back real quick because I know we jumped into this pretty heavy at the start, and just kind of give a quick introduction, and maybe not so quick, but a, an introduction at to to the school and to your dad because this is a is a family business that was started uh, and and is carried on. So give us a quick a quick um, snapshot of that. You were you were sharing some of this story before we started uh, recording. About how your dad was an, was an immigrant and, you know, you. so we just talked about persevering and not quitting right, when things get hard. Right. Tell us a little bit about the story about how how this whole thing came to be.
0: Yeah, so my dad started, um, he started martial arts when he was four years old in a small town in South Korea. Um, he, to be honest, he was raised by a single mom and didn't have a fatherly figure. He also doesn't have siblings. Mm-hmm. I think his mother thought at the time, one, let's keep you out of trouble, and two, you need somebody to help um, guide you, that's not me. Hmm. Um, and so she took him to this small town. I don't know how she found it, but um, he started taking martial arts there. And I, I think from what my father has shared with me many times, he loved it since day one. He found like he felt like he felt something um, was connected. He felt like the people there were going to be there for him. He felt like he had a support system. His instructor um, really pushed him. And I think he needed somebody that was not his mom, mm-hmm. that was kind of in his corner, and so that's how he started. And then, just all his life, he it was always focused around his martial arts training and his his uh, growth through martial arts. Um, he immigrated to the states in '88. Um, it was for um, a championship. Like a tournament, my father got a Korea World Champion. I think in eighty nine, in nineteen ninety, the year that I was born, he actually got World Champion. He was doing all these competitions at the time. He was um, in his prime, in his like early mid twenties. So he was probably flying around. You know, um, he he said that back then his waist was twenty seven. So he was just he was really thin and lean and muscular and fast. Um he was my father's not very tall, but he knew that he could still use his height to his advantage. Mm-hmm. So he took his martial arts training into a way that fit his his frame. Yeah. Um when he Came to the States in 88. He tried all sorts of jobs just to make money because he didn't have enough money to open up a school back then. No. And I think life was hard, you know, as an immigrant, um, not knowing any English, he said that he came to the States with a hundred bucks in his pocket. Yeah, um, Didn't really know anybody. Couldn't speak the language. Didn't know the culture. Didn't know what to do, where to go. He just knew that he needed to make money. He wanted to still do martial arts, um, but very restricted to things that he could do. Life was hard, he was young, he was in love with my mom, came back to the came back to our homeland and told my mom, "Honey, this is too hard. I I don't want to leave. I don't want to I don't want to go back." Yeah. And then they created me. And my mom said, "I'm pregnant. You are going to be a dad. You have got to make money. Mm-hmm. We need we need to prepare." She sent him back against his wishes to the states and he um, opened a school there. He His first school was not even a thousand square feet. It was in the basement, in the back of a building of an Italian restaurant, which I believe in Pittsburgh is still there to this day. <laughs> um, and he, he had his first school, but... Uh, There was no signage. There was no money for advertising. My father would put his uniform on and stand in the grass of the Italian restaurant by their mailbox on a street where people are going 55 miles an hour with no signal lights and just train. Yeah. That was his advertising method. And um, he, he said that his first student drove by, turned around and said, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing out here? My dad didn't know much English. Yeah, (laughs) you you got my attention. My dad didn't know much English. Apparently he said, you come here now. I teach you. And something like that helped him blossom his first student. That student helped him to grow the school a bit more and bring more people in. And he had a little school, I think like seven, 800 square feet, just like concrete flooring. And uh, he had 300 students. Wow. Over the time. Yeah. Um, during that time, my mom and I immigrated to the States in 91, and um, that was kind of how we started our family. Um, my sister was born in 92 in Pittsburgh, and then we moved to Charlotte in 95. My mom said, we, we need to move because it's too cold. Yeah. She, she didn't <laughs> like it, so we moved, and we have been in Charlotte since, but martial arts has always been um, the whole—it's been our family's— glue that's been how we we grew up
1: and your dad is a stout dude like he my
0: dad he if he didn't do martial arts I believe he would have probably been a bodybuilder yeah um he is five foot three I believe um but he is stocky I mean he I always joke around I don't know if there's an actual term for it but I just tell people my dad has muscle on
1: muscle I would agree with that statement.
0: If he flexes his arms, um, there's he's got this huge bicep muscle, but there's like another muscle that sits on top of it, and to (laughs) me, it looks like an egg. I don't know how he develops those muscles, but he is so. I I mean, I I have no idea. He probably lives at the gym. People think he owns that the gym that he goes to work at, um, which I think he 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 probably enjoys. I think he thinks it's funny, but um, (laughs) my dad. Loves lifting weights. Outside of martial arts, it's probably the second thing that he loves. Mm -hmm. Um, In a way, it's actually the thing that's kept him alive. My father, um, he, he trained again since he was four. It's all he knew. And when he was in his early 40s, I think my dad had to have a hip replacement. Hmm. And um, it was put off as long as they could. Sure. and it was so bad. He had to get a hip replacement. It was a total hip replacement. Mm-hmm. They were we were told about maybe six to eight months and he'll be good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that process took much longer. Oh yeah. Um, technology is great now, but it wasn't as advanced, I guess still when he got it done. Um, his hip replacement surgery was done, but it was the mental aspect that kind of took over
1: him. Sure, yeah.
0: Um, There was a lot of medication he had to take for the pain. Mm -hmm. Um, His skin wasn't good. The medication's not good, right? So um, he just he felt like he wasn't himself. Hmm. He didn't like that. He had a hard time accepting a knife had to be taken to his body to make corrections. And he was told by many doctors he wouldn't be able to do martial arts the way that he used to ever again. And for somebody that that's all he knows... I think that's like literally taking soul yeah. out of his body. And he I was only 14, 15 at the time. And we had four schools wow. at that time, four locations. Um, and to be honest, it's not if you ask any member of my family today, it's probably not our favorite part sure. of our of our family's memory. But um, my father went through some um, mental um, you know. Toughness. Yeah. It, it was really hard on him. I think that he was probably depressed, and he was going through this really tough time. Mm-hmm. Um, he also maybe felt like he couldn't provide for the family. Mm-hmm. He was always the breadwinner, sure, yeah. right? Um, and then seeing my mom kind of having to go and run off to one of the schools and teaching classes, although he loved to see her in uniform, it wasn't for the right reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was always very studious at school. I would go from school and I would go and open one of the locations. I would, um, I would actually all my high school life. I would go to school in the morning. And as soon as I got out, I would pick up my my, um, siblings, Mm -hmm. and then we would Drive about 25 minutes to open up the location. Uh, we, We would have to be open by four. And back then, we actually had a studio that had two classrooms. Oh, wow. Which is great if I had it now. But back then, it was a lot. So instead of four classes, we were running eight. And so... We, our first class started at 4.30. We were scarfing food down in the car, like, on the way. Sure. Um, and it was just me and my sister uh, my, dragging my brother along. And um, we would teach back-to-back classes until, like, 8.30 at night, in, including adults, teaching adults. Hmm. A 15-year-old teaching adults yeah. of, like, 40s, 50s, like, you know, all of them taking command by, you know, what I'm instructing. And I always felt like at that time... I'm I can't do this. I'm not qualified for this. What are they're not gonna listen to this little <laughs> little. I know you can't tell sitting um, in this seat. but I am very little. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not listening to this four foot 11 girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got a black belt, but so what is mm-hmm. what I thought people would think. Sure. And so I was very nervous that people were gonna catch on, does she know what she's doing? You know, where's the real master? Right? Where's the owner? Where's the Where's the person really running this place? Yeah. And I think that that made me very nervous. That I um, dove in even deeper, and I was more more serious about it, and more focused, and um, I didn't joke around much because I didn't want people to take me lightly.
2: Sure.
0: Um, when we cleaned and went home, it was like ten thirty. I was taking AP and honors classes throughout high school. I would probably not go to bed until 2 3 in the morning most nights doing homework my parents would see that my room door was kind of cracked open with the light on and they i didn't know until later on but i didn't know that they weren't sleeping either yeah they just they felt bad and they knew that there wasn't anything they could do for me but they just felt like if we're at least up maybe that's support and so they would they wouldn't get much sleep either. I would get up at six and we would do it all over again and I don't know how we managed
2: sure.
0: doing that those years but I still um, I still was very much the obedient child I wanted to make my parents really proud of me and so somehow I managed to still make straight A's yeah um, and and when I graduated I went straight into college. Um, I went to UNC Charlotte all right. I went because I initially thought um, following Korean stereotype was my way to go. I thought being a dentist or an orthodontist was the the right way. Sure. Um, And then through my parents... Um, guiding me and, and kind of giving me little nuggets here and there. Other people running other martial arts schools around telling my parents, hey, your daughter kind of has something here. Maybe sure. you should push her in this direction. Um, so I, from going to a bio, from a bio major, I pivoted. And I did psychology and women and gender studies. Okay. And then I did a focus on entrepreneurship. Okay, I thought that all of those things, as a sophomore in college, when I'm done, I thought that would help me um, to help, you know, contribute to the family business. And, and here I am now yeah. on a podcast with you talking <laughs> about the family business. I am not an orthodontist. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I am running two locations now with my family and um, just to still at this age, I'm 32, still just a little girl wanting to make her dad proud.
1: That's that's an incredible story. The thing that it sounds interesting because we were talking before we started recording about all the different things that you're you've got going on right now, and it sounds like you got it on easy street right now compared to what it was in high school.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I you know what? I never thought of it that way, but I feel like maybe high school was harder. I do miss school though, as nerdy <laughs> as that is. I think school was just. I think it was a weird way for me to escape yeah. my responsibilities mm-hmm. because even as culturally as the oldest child. You're just expected to do these things.
1: I have a question for you, and you may not know the answer off the top of your head, so I'm going to ask it if you, you can think about it. And if you don't have the answer, I want to get it from you. How many students has your family impacted since your dad started teaching?
0: Oh, thousands. Thousands. I wish... That we had like a chalkboard or something, so we could have like or a counter, mm-hmm. but it's just it's endless the the number of families that we have worked with, even just in Charlotte is probably like I, I mean thousands I, I don't know I have absolutely no how, how many people that we've gone through, but um I mean my my father's been teaching since the 1990s right yeah. so th- this is probably a lot of people that we've come across sometimes. Um me running the school now mm-hmm. with my brother, uh, we'll get a visitor mm-hmm. and we'll, we will greet them like we greet everybody else, um, assuming that maybe they wanted information, they want to sign up. And um, every now and then we'll get somebody that comes to our school and they'll say, is this MK Kim Karate? Mm-hmm. And that's what my dad's school originally used to be called. Gotcha. And when somebody says that, we're instantly thinking, okay, somebody in the late 1990s mm-hmm. trained under my dad and they remember and they wanted to come and see him. And that really touches our heart because we feel like those are the the reasons why we do this. Yeah, People remember that we made an impact on their life at some point or my dad, um, whether it was directly or through something that they learned, it helped them endure something in life um, and that they'll come to visit and, you know. We we had a guy come a couple of months ago. He's in his like fifties now, um, but he was recollecting some of his old time training with my dad and how he uh, my father helped him um, choose a life that was going to be healthier.
1: Sure,
0: um, he wasn't going down a very good path and he was alone and making choices that were not very good. Um, my father apparently was. Kind of like, hey, if you don't come to class tonight, you've been missing class for a week. If you don't come to class, I'm going to beat you up.
1: (laughs) What's a way to get people to show up?
0: He showed up and I think he got all the way up to like Red Belt or something, relocated because of work. But he came back and he he visited. He doesn't even live here. Mm. This gentleman lived in like South America and he was traveling because of work. Ended up in Charlotte. Remembered my dad's school was here about somewhere. Googled us. And, and came to visit and um, he, he was looking for my dad. And it's just, make, it makes me really realize one day, our hope is that we will also have provided the same type of impact to somebody that they feel like they need to come by and visit and say hi. Yeah. And um, that just, it really fills our heart and it makes us feel like my dad really did a great job.
1: At Lock Dock Security. We believe your camera system should provide more than just surveillance. Being able to see exactly what's going on in your place of business from your phone or computer is fantastic. But what if there were more analytics giving you the ability to improve your business operations? Track how many people visited your location, stopped by your display, and even how often they passed by your store. Be alerted if someone was loitering, vandalizing your business, or even dumping trash it's time for you to take advantage of this technology. Contact us today for more information about our cloud-based camera systems. Lockdock Security, helping you protect your people and property. It would be an interesting statistic to see because just of the stories that you've told, there's got to be tens of thousands of, of people that you've impacted or indirectly impacted that you're your family as a whole will probably never even realize because of 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 the that kind of legacy but it turns into this this oh, this business that your that your dad started and kind of just persevered to get going now it's transitioning over to the next generation with with a Kind of foundation that's there. So now, where is this thing going to go? Like, what is the 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 longevity of what you can build off of this? Because you're not starting out from specific from scratch. You've already got a foundation to begin with. Now it's. We, there's a lot of different possibilities built out of this. There
0: are. There's so many possibilities now. I'm really grateful that my dad um, built up to as, as far as he did in order to provide this platform mm-hmm. um, for me. Um, our goals now are, um, I want to say, bigger. I don't know. I think my dad just... He kind of ran it as this is my passion and I'm lucky that I could have made a job into it and mm-hmm. make money off of it sure. to raise my family. At the end of the day, if you ask him, his schools and his teachings were not his job. It was his because he loved it. Yeah. Um, and it was just very convenient. He was able to put the two together. Yeah. Um, but now we're at a time where he's got kids and he's like, oh, they're choosing this as their, their work, as mm-hmm. their job, mm-hmm. as their career. It. At some point, it does have to become a business, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want your children to live their best life. And in order to do that, one of those things is to convert it from just loving to teach to making it a systemized uh, business that, that works and that can grow. Um, so the longevity is there for many years to come. Um, our goals now are to have, uh, we have this, my father and I have this joke that we want a school at every 485 exit. All right, um, which is a lot. There's a lot of exits on 485, but um, my goal was it um, before COVID. At least was in the next five years was to have five schools. We have two right now. We're getting our um, plans ready for the third one. Um, I think that we could still reach that goal that I have of the the five schools. Um, I want to say that I don't count the two, three years of COVID. We'll just kind of (laughs) wash that. Yeah. They just kind of disappointing. So I think we're still kind of in a good place. Um, But we do have this huge dream um, of having our own building. We kind of want to make a private school where martial arts is some of that core uh, curriculum. All right. Um, I think that a lot of schools nowadays, they're so focused on academics Mm -hmm. that a lot of kids nowadays miss out on um, important lessons that they can learn growing up, right? Whether it starts from um, how do I get back up when I fail Mm -hmm. something? Um, You know, what do I do when things get tough? Um, How do I apologize to a friend? How do I make a new friend? Um, You know, how do I how do I go about doing more than one activity at a time, right? Time management. Um, I think that those are some things that school isn't able to teach kids anymore because they're so focused on their GPA and their grades. And, um, and it's not just here in the States, right? It's I can't speak for other countries, but in South Korea, it's all about education and there's no life. There's no childhood play. There's nothing where the kids can go and enjoy and be a kid anymore. And it seems like that phrase becomes more and more foreign, mm-hmm. the more and more of the time goes by, just be a kid. Yeah. And if you told a kid to be a kid, I don't know if they know what that even would mean nowadays. Um, the kids, when we teach them, I feel like they don't have, um, I feel like they're lacking some grit. They don't have that um, toughness in them. They get a scratch, and they're like, I quit. You know, they fall, and they're, they're embarrassed. They cry. Somebody laughs at them. They're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate this. I want to do something else. So we see a lot of kids coming into our school. They, I ask them, have your children done other activities before? And they've listed soccer. Oh, yeah, volleyball, baseball, piano, dance, gymnastics. And I'm, like, looking at their form, I'm like, and your son's four? <laughs> <laughs> your son's four. I'm like, that's really great. You know, but they, they don't, they didn't, did they learn anything? No. We don't know. Right. It's just too much,
2: busyness.
0: too much busyness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I feel like even with kids, you know, trying to teach kids, um, life lessons is something that martial arts can do. And that's why we want to tie a martial arts training into a school type of um, model where they can where they can learn those skills and I mean even proper um, just mannerisms mm-hmm. right we we see kids now they they even adults to be honest I think the adults are worse um, nobody knows how to apologize
2: <laughs>
0: nobody knows how to be accountable for their actions when they do something wrong. Whether it's at school, whether it's with a friend, mm-hmm. whether it's with their husband or wife, whether it's um, at their job or dating, right? It doesn't, it seems like in every aspect in the life, when you look now, we don't know how to say, I messed up. Mm-hmm. That's on me. I can do better. Can I have another chance? You know, n- and nothing like that anymore. It's just, okay, fine, I'll just go over here, mm-hmm. you know, or um, I'm not saying sorry you know, or he, he did it first, right? It's, we're always pointing fingers at the other. Um, and same thing with the kids all the time. They, they're, they'll push each other around and, and I'm like, okay, what happened? Right. Let's, let's lay this out. Talk to me. We talk about this. We talk about that. We see what was in alignment. And then we, we do the apology. Like, sorry, like, how do we say sorry guys? you got to say what you're sorry for that you feel that you feel bad mm. that you would like to still be friends will you forgive me right there's steps to apologizing and kids just don't know how to do it and who's going to teach them who will teach them mom and dad are working all day now too we're yeah. living in a country where both parents have to work to supplement the kids being able to do these activities where where do these kids learn these things then yeah. and at what age then are they responsible for their actions, right? And when adults are doing the same thing, right? Yeah, so, and I think those are those lessons that are really important.
1: Well, it's a cycle uh, that that continues to kind of repeat itself. And what what you're working with right now is having the opportunity. I'm I'm imagining having the opportunity to impact those lives, start to develop. A certain uh, aspect of in, – in a, in a small sense, right? And so the more that you're able to scale this business, the more that it's functionally scalable, then those are just more families that you can impact, more lives right. that you can impact. So I, what I just heard you say through a lot of that process was your dad built a, a lifestyle business, something that he could do, something he enjoyed, something he could provide for his family – and now you're coming in and trying to take it to a scalable business model. What have been the biggest challenges that you've had through that transition?
0: My dad. <laughs> <laughs> he would know it too. Yeah, well. It's my dad. We clash so much. Yeah. Um, you know, like if I want to do something this way, it it's super simple. Um, you know, how many ads do you look at now that are on your phone versus print? Sure. It's almost obsolete, right? Um, you don't get coupon magazines anymore. And if you do, they go straight. I'm sorry, but mine goes straight in the recycle. Mm. I, or in the trash. I don't even look through the pages anymore. Um, I used to look through the pages because I wanted to know what other martial arts schools were doing ads. But nowadays, I just
1: looked through it so I could see my own ad. Yeah.
0: I just want to, yeah. You know, I want to see that our ad came out nice, you know, but there's just no such print ads anymore. Nobody does newsletters, right. It's just not a thing. Um, my dad came from a generation where that was the biggest way to get people to come in gotcha. so even now he's like we need to put out an advertisement I'm like we do it's on Google yeah <laughs> you know um, they're they're all intertwined on the internet right there, there's such thing as cookies my dad's like what's that you yeah. know um, we have we have the the keywords the ad words you know all those things that that the internet now provides ads on Facebook ads on Instagram and um, my dad's like no like we need a print like, a, a, and he, we still sometimes go back and forth about that. Yeah. That's just one of the many things that we kind of butt heads about is I'm in this generation, he's in this generation, we're trying to mold them together, but we do still have the same goal. Yeah, We still have the same vision and the same dream and the same, um, end, end goal here, but yeah, the, the way that there. we get to it yeah. is just a little bit different. And he sometimes still is very firm in his ways and, Um, if, if I can, I will bend and, um, I'll try to mold it in a way that it can appease the both of us. Um, but sometimes we will have two, three day conversations about the same thing. Um, I win at the end, but, uh, but yeah, sometimes I think that's the biggest thing is when you have somebody that knows what he's doing, Mm -hmm. he's, he's a for sure thing. But it just doesn't work in today's time as much as it did when he was raising us. Sure. And I think that's kind of hard for him to recognize. And and he thinks that because he doesn't see it. Sure. That the ads aren't there. Yeah. Um, we also, uh, um, I think technology all around, we butt heads about. We do everything on the computer, our memberships, our attendance, our retention, all of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he did everything by pen and paper. Yeah you know, attendance cards, he would mark the date that they would come with pen at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 300, 400, 500 students, that that takes oh, yeah. a good hour of your night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, so things like that. I think um, productivity-wise, how we can make things more efficient mm-hmm. and not take away from the quality yeah, um, or the experience, those are some things that we will kind of kind of butt heads about. Um, it, it, it's been a really unique growth and pivot in our relationship from, uh, father, daughter to owner and co-owner yeah. to, uh, teacher, mentor and student, mm-hmm. you know, um, we had an event, we had a tournament recently and I always get the honor to introduce him mm-hmm. to the mic. And, um, everybody had an awe moment when I introduced him. I said, I can't remember exactly, but I said, um, introducing my mentor, my teacher, um, you know, my, uh, my father Mm -hmm. and, and everybody went, Oh, in the crowd. And that's really what it is. You know, he's also my role model too, as much as he's my dad. But when we're at work, I just see him do his thing and I'm like, Holy cow. Like he's so great at what he does. And I'm just so lucky that, that I have him still around and, and that he's so healthy and strong and, um, we butt heads, but you know, I, I feel like, I don't, who else would I do this with? Yeah. Right.
1: So it just kind of, maybe in a, in a way of closing, cause this is, this has been something I, I've got my, I guess my own opinion on this, but from your perspective, from your voice, there are a lot of martial arts schools out there. I'm sure there's one oh, yeah. on every exit of 485. What would you tell people when they say, what I'm looking to make a choice where I want my kids or myself to be involved in, what do you say is a differentiator or something that you believe to be um, the reason that they should, that, that somebody would want to join your school?
0: I get that question a lot. And I think about that question a lot to myself as we continue to grow and go Mm -hmm. year after year, you know, what sets us apart and how, how are we different? Mm Um, I think facility wise, I think there's a lot, right? Um, a lot of components to that. If I'm if I'm talking facility wise, I I think our focus would be it's clean,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's professional. Um, our staff are professionally trained. Um, but if we're talking, hey, martial arts, I'm looking at this and this. Why? At the end of the day, not the studios, not the you know, not the lesson. Why? Why would I come to you guys? And for us, we hope that when people come to our school, they feel like they belong here. We want them to feel like they have a family in us. Mm -hmm. Um, We want them to feel like we are genuinely interested in their life, in their growth, in their failures. We want to extend out our hand and we want to be next to them and we want to help to guide them and cheer them on, lift them up when they need some encouragement. And um, I think I feel like when people sign up at our school, they get a team, they get a family, and they get um, they they get that extra connection that we seem to not have um, nowadays. Right? We're connected to our phones and tablets all day. Uh, we think that we are connected, mm-hmm. um, but we're more disconnected. The more that we have technology, we don't have the warmth of of um, of somebody. Right, of of a family member or somebody that's a coach that really guides us, not just in martial arts, but in life. When something doesn't go right, somebody to say, Hey, you're doing a good job, keep it, keep going, yeah. or hey, why don't you why don't you try this instead? Right. And somebody that kind of says, Hey, take a break, right? Pause, reevaluate, things like that. Um, that's how I feel like I see our school is when people come to us, they will see, they gain family, they gain a team and a tribe, right? Somebody to rally around them uh, when life gets tough.
1: Yeah. I I heard you say a couple of things throughout our conversation today. You believe in encouragement, you believe in discipline, and you believe in perseverance. Those are some key factors that I pulled away from our conversation today. Well, I appreciate your time here. This Thank has you been for awesome. having
0: me. It was fun. Yeah. I hope to come back so I can get more points on that rapid fire. That's all <laughs> I've been thinking about all morning.
1: <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll give you another try down the road. <laughs> um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that?
0: The best way to do that is going to be to find us on Instagram or Facebook. It's USK Martial Arts. Um, or you can email us at uh, USK Martial arts at gmail.com.
1: Amy, thank you for joining us today. It was a a real pleasure to chat with you and learn more about what you guys do, hear more about your story and information about uh, what you're doing and impacting lives on a daily basis. For those of you who are watching or listening for the first time, please subscribe. We've got a brand new episode every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. We don't want you to miss a single one of those. In the meantime, make sure you check out USK Martial Arts, and we will see you next time right here on the Coffee Break Podcast.